Hi everyone, I'd like to welcome you to Bite Size Technology, where we'll help educate and hopefully entertain you on all things IT. Hello, welcome to the, uh, the first of a new series of podcasts um, driven by Driven by Bytes, and we're actually going to be looking for comments on a recent document provided by Bytes based on some fantastic insight from customers and a number of partners relating to what was an extraordinary year in 2020, uh, the changes and challenges within security. Uh, to kick this off today, uh, the first of two particular podcasts um, on this review document, um, we're going to be asking two very well cast uh, veterans of the security space to, to discuss um, some very interesting uh, topics within that. So I'm joined by Ian Porteous, who's Regional Director of Security and Engineering UK and I uh, at Checkpoint, uh, and Francis Gaffney, um, Director of Threat Intelligence and Response at Mimecast. So we couldn't really be blessed with, with, with two more uh, interesting personalities to explore this. Um, and today, in the first session, um, I'm going to be asking both of them to, to comment on what Gartner have seen as a top trend for 2021, um, that being consolidation, but also actually what challenges we're seeing from multi-cloud adoption um, and what that could potentially bring uh, or what further challenges that could bring in the future. So, um, you know, I'm going to invite you to, to, to explore, I guess, the, the, the Gartner's uh, particular to topic on consolidation, um, potentially leading into multi-cloud, but I'd love to, to understand where and what you're seeing from that particular position. Cool, thanks, Jeremy. Um, good morning. Um, so for us, you know, vendor consolidation, obviously working for a vendor um, that is blessed to have a, you know, a very wide portfolio of products, it's always been a topic for us anyway, but more so, you know, as, as time carries on and cybersecurity skills start to become a bit of a challenge, vendor consolidation is something we're hearing more and more about from our own customers. Um, you know, yes, there are, cost-saving benefits to be had by consolidating multiple vendors. But for us, you know, really it's it's the skills gap and the just the visibility. The more products you have, and I think Gartner's statistic was, um, if I believe correctly, was something like 80% of organizations have 16 or more vendors present in their environment. Now, the challenge with that is, is yes, you know, all these technologies are brilliant and they're all doing exactly what they're supposed to do. But where are the gaps? Where does the protection and visibility afforded by one product end and the next product begin? And, and are you potentially missing something in those gaps? Whereas taking a more platform approach to security means that you've got this more holistic view. Um, as well as that, the, the more vendors you've got in the organization, the more difficult it is to retain people who have the skills to operate that tooling. Um, you know, we all know that um, the cybersecurity industry, you know, we're very blessed to be in an industry with effectively negative unemployment, um, but it is really difficult to find the talent that have the right knowledge and skills to operate this stuff. So bringing that down to a single platform with, you know, very similar tooling that's easy to use, it means that you can actually reduce the overhead on things like training, um, the overhead on things like professional services that you might need to be spending a lot of money on otherwise to, to you know, get this stuff implemented within your environment. Um, and also just, you know, staff retention, it's easier to train people on one platform and operate that in one way. Um, then the other benefits, as I've said, you know, obviously you're getting some cost savings there because, you know, to use the American phrase that I'm, I'm not so keen on myself, but, you know, having one throat to choke is, um, you know, quite beneficial. Um, you know, you've got a single point of contact to talk to. Um, and also, 
you've just got a more secure infrastructure. You've not got these gaps that we talked about. So for me, vendor consolidation, it's always been a trend. You know, I've been at Checkpoint now for 14 years. Um, it's something we've always talked about. Um, I don't think it's going to go away. You know, I think the days of like the UTM era, if we look back, maybe what was that? Maybe 10 years ago, I think, guys, UTM. That was when it didn't really make sense, right? UTM wasn't a rich offering. It was kind of a minimum viable offering for things like, you know, okay, we'll do some URL filtering in your infrastructure. We'll do some antivirus, but it wasn't anywhere near comparable to like a best of breed solution. Nowadays, I think, you know, the platform play is very much best of breed. Anyway, you're not necessarily missing something by taking a consolidated vendor approach to it. So you're getting increased security, easier management from a staffing point of view, and ultimately cost savings as well. I do, I do have something there. I'm, I'm maybe going to ask Francis to comment on as well in this particular area. But when we talk about um, vendor consolidation, we also have to consider market convergence. And, you know, with the essentially... If vendors are there to fulfill a really important role in, in cybersecurity and enabling customers to, to, you know, to meet those challenges. One of the things I, that I'm conscious of, um, and I think we, we've seen more of last year, is where if you, if you think about consolidation, the speed of change within the environment, which was a really important aspect of last year, you know, the acceleration of digitization is a, is a real um, I'm not going to say it's a boring topic, but it's actually, it, it's happening and we have to embrace that. Um, consolidation, does that potentially bring risk um, in terms of where vendors have specific focuses and uh, maybe specific strong points from a technology perspective? So, I mean, yeah, I was just obviously uh, thinking the five things I always talk about with um, vendor consolidation is economic, that is the forefront, and that's exactly as Ian says, it is forefront in minds, especially more so now with some of the uh, customers are struggling you know, to make ends meet because of the, the reduction in services they may have had. And, you know, the investment in more online platforms that they you know, maybe had to do to do this remote working. So economic, I think, is very, very at the forefront of their minds. And that has to be balanced with their risk appetite. Um, because I think, I mean, the more vendors, and this is why we, I do agree with Ian on the uh, consolidation, that integration and ca compatibility between vendors, sometimes there's the, those overlaps aren't as clean as they could be. So those integration points can be those little you know, sticking points that a cyber threat actor could exploit. Um, again, Ian, quite correct, saying about familiarity with the platforms. You know, you've got a platform that you've been using for many years, but it just wasn't quite right for you. You're, you're going to be very reluctant to change it because you've got a lot of investment in both training time and um, your own team's um, competence in using that platform. And then to go to another platform while you're in that remote learning space or remote um, sort of uh, sorry, remote working space is going to be really, really tricky. So this isn't the time necessarily, but at the same, yeah, same time. And then the last one I wanted to bring up, which is one of the biggest problems I always see when I go and talk to people about the threats they're seeing is configuration. And it is a huge statistic. I mean, we, we looked at this and it was 80% of systems are not configured correctly. So that, that, you know, the customers are not getting the best value out of their particular platforms that they have spent all this money on uh, because it hasn't been configured correctly. And they'll say, well, you know, this threat was able to get through. And, you think, and we're all sitting scratching our heads and I'm looking at the vendors and I'm thinking, well, that's a, that's a basic one. That should have been stopped. And then when you look at the, the thing, you just see the geolocation isn't clicked on or they haven't clicked on the fact that it's pointing to the right MX, you know, place. And it is that that simple um 
Uh, and so this asked, looked us, made another study, and we looked at it and said, well, actually, look, we 80% of them not configured correctly. When we actually looked at them, again, they were like, well, actually, we have 16 platforms. We don't actually use all 16. We usually use two, and the others are there as backups just to confirm the two that I actually use all the time. So you're thinking, oh, my gosh, so actually it's not just 80% not configured. You're not even using all the platforms that you actually do have. And um, so I, I can see when we start really focusing on cost-saving, and that efficacy and efficiencies, we'll see that platforms that we're not using that are just there in the background to have that peace of mind for them sometimes will start disappearing. And that'll be a real challenge for the industry because, um, you know, again, a lot of cyber vendors, security vendors um, do rely on those integrations with others because you're still able to see data of what was coming through those MX records to actually help you identify better trends. Yeah, I, I, Ian, I know that um, obviously there, there are specific areas and, and I've got a 12-year history of working with, with, with Checkpoint, for example, um, where in terms of that consolidation piece, you know, for, for me, it's not necessarily consolidation onto single platforms, it's consolidation onto common platforms. You know, th there are going to be areas where, you know, with, with respect to both gentlemen on the podcast this morning, there are, <laughs> there are going to be strengths and weaknesses. But I think the the reality of it is that we need to be thinking about the, the balance that that, that brings. Um, and have some confidence in, in API integration, specifically when we come onto this, I guess, another part of my question, which was around multi-cloud adoption. For me, that's a massive danger um, to all organizations, because when we talk about multi-cloud, I don't, I think people feel like it's quite a nice, exciting term, but actually it brings with it an awful lot of risks. And for me, that's one area of consolidation that is really, really important, having some uh, you know, single infrastructure, um, single visibility points, single areas to, to look at compliance as, as much as anything else. Um, I think that when we talk about multi-cloud, don't we have to be sort of consider consolidation with that as well? So do, do you mean consolidation of the cloud platforms themselves or consolidation of the, the infrastructure you're using to manage it? I think consolidation of, of, of the security infrastructure you're looking yeah. at to, 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 if you like, organize your multi-cloud. Yeah. No, I think you're right there. I mean, the, the customers we speak to, you know, obviously it's one of these things, right? Cloud platforms can become a little bit tribal in terms of, you know, what's best. You know, you've got some people who might be deeply in the Azure camp because that's the world they've come from, right? Otherwise, you know, AWS, if people have been, you know, sort of cloud native, born in the cloud for a long time, they might be more um, looking at that. But from what we see really is when you actually you get away from the sort of tribalism aspect of it, is each platform's bringing its own benefits. And they might not be the same to everyone. You know, people, if you're heavily into Microsoft 0365, et cetera, and you want to leverage Graph to then, you know, get some benefits of that data, then Azure makes perfect sense, right? That's, that's the best option for you. Um, AWS arguably probably has the most mature serverless platform. And if that's the way you're going in terms of your infrastructure, then AWS makes perfect sense there. Um, Google, if you're into big data and you want to layer some machine learning and AI on top of that, again, you might find that the tooling and the way it integrates is, is better for Google. So if anything, I think we'll see more adoption of multi-cloud going forward as each of the cloud platforms kind of takes their own vision off in their own direction. Um, but bringing it back to your question, Jez, I think, yeah, absolutely. The challenge you've got then is how do you get visibility of all that stuff? It's already difficult enough to for a security guy. You know, we've got to learn cloud. We've got to understand this language. 
Um, it's a whole new world for, for many people who are used to a traditional enterprise network security kind of mindset. So that's challenge number one is, is go and learn cloud, understand it. Challenge number two is then, okay, how do we get visibility of that? And is there at some point a sort of higher level construct that can abstract away all the, the you know, what, what is Elastic Beanstalk? Like, who knows? What, what does that mean, right? It's an AWS service, but the name doesn't really tell you what it does. So if you've got something that can help you kind of abstract away all that vendor specific terminology and give you kind of a more holistic view of, of what you've got, then yeah, brilliant. Use all the cloud platforms, use them for exactly what they're best at doing and, and which ones are going to bring you the most value for the different services you want to use. But then find some way of wrapping something around all of that that gives you, you know, the two things we always talk about in security, visibility and control. So something that gives you that across all of those platforms, I think that's the kind of happy place for everyone. I, I agree um, to most 99% of it. Um, I think the only part I would add is that um, when people are moving towards these cloud topologies, and as Ian said, you know, we've been doing this for years, you're not going to jump to one single cloud provider uh, just because that's not how we've operated. I mean, just starting off the conversation, most people have 16 you know, uh, vendors that they use for their thing. I think people are going to use multi-cloud just because they don't put all their eggs in one basket. And as you say, Ian, you're going to have people who are trained in you know, Google, people who are trained in Azure, people, and they'll have their own little preferences. So even in our own organization, different parts of our engineering team would be using different cloud services for their particular uh, domain or their swim lane. And I, I, I think you're, you're right, Joe, that we will go to these multi-cloud topologies just because we don't want to move into it. We were just having a conversation there about coming off notepads as in you know, pen and paper. You know, we're not ready to make that leap yet to, put, you know, to go to that one cloud provider. And, and we've, we've talked about the different security vendors. Each one's going to offer a different thing. So I want to use this cloud vendor for this, and I want to use this one for this. So I think we will have multi-cloud just to start off with. And, and, and then I think you will get that convergence again, where we've almost got this with the vendors. You know, Each one will have their little niche, their differentiator. But actually, generally, 90% of what they do are going to be roughly the same because we still have the same threats out there. They're all trying to mitigate and be resilient to. Um, I do agree though, Jez, that we will have that issue of compatibility. I mean, um, in the education sector, um, where I'm sort of working quite a lot, we do have so many issues with the cloud topologies, you know, not quite bouncing off each other, but causing problems. And that hybridization and, and these complex attacks that we're seeing actually exploit where these little things are not as smooth, where there's little uh, rumbles in the carpet. Um, while, while you were just asking the question, I, I had a thought, you know, with the pharmaceutical industry, you know, do they really want to cure things because, you know, they, they'll you know, won't have a business in a way. And it, the, the, the Royal Navy toast on a Thursday night is a, 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 a bloody war and a sickly season because obviously that's the way you get promotion. <laughs> so, you know, you, you're, you're looking for these little bumps in it because then you as a vendor can you know, jump in and say, actually, I can fix this. And that, that move, that digital transformation has been huge. Uh, a colleague of mine uh, you know, took up education um, uh, last, you know, last year, last January, and that's what he was going to look at. And I've come from education. I said, we've got no money. We're not going to be able to afford cybersecurity vendors. I'd rather spend 50 grand on a new you know, senior lecturer than on a cybersecurity platform. Then the pandemic hit, and uh, suddenly that lecture wasn't important anymore. We had to start protecting our data. So you know, he, he dipped in perfectly. So I've asked him for six numbers for the lottery because, you know, he, he just had a perfect timing of moving into the education sector. 
but you know we have had so many problems as you can see in that <laughs> it's it's a classic and I've, just what i just want to actually uh, i guess um well sorry finished but look look to kind of as we close out for the next few moments or so just think about that that's a really important topic for me there's two things that you brought up one is um you know we're looking at should uh, for me you know we're looking at multi-cloud is there a responsibility on these multi-cloud providers to provide better opportunity for api integration you know should we be should there be some form of 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 compliance aspect that allows allows people to to generate better visibility or better integrations across APIs because ultimately it's a huge marketplace no one's got it right yet everyone's got their own individual spaces that they're great at and businesses need to be agile enough and flexible enough to go and use those tools to survive um so is is there more should we be placing more i guess uh influence on those 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 uh, technologies but also us as technology providers and essentially cybersecurity people to to, in, to improve the API integration with, between each other. Um, because one of the other topics that, that we loosely felt we, we might get a chance to, to explore was um, looking at managing those you know, machine identities, um, workloads, containers, applications. And part of that challenge is the, the breakdown of, of API visibility and control to tag in all those areas and, and in fact to give people the opportunity to control them better. Um, I'd ask, I guess I, I, I pose the question slightly and, and Ian, if I go to you first, I guess, to sort of summarize this up, if we look at what's happened to security vendors, yeah, security vendors are now being attacked themselves. Mm -hmm. And what was great to see was people coming together to, to support them in terms of the challenge that they're seeing. Now, should we also be coming together to to improve those you know, API integrations between ourselves? Do you think there's more of a responsibility there that would help us, um, A, I guess, make people make better choices about where they consolidate and, but also give, I guess, you guys as, as cybersecurity vendor, um, so as a development guys to, to really have that opportunity to, to improve visibility for customers? Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think, you know, for the future, as, as we look into this world where, you know, we have things like DevOps is, you know, sort of a daily term now that, that we all hear, you know, and it's not just vendors picking up on a buzzword. We're hearing this from customers. Uh, people want to operate their infrastructure as code. You know, they want to, to move into this world and to then come along as a vendor and say, OK, but if you want to leverage our threat intelligence, you have to use our management tool and our GUI just to see that one bit of data that that's not going to fly in this world. Right. When people are you know, able to spin up infrastructure with a script, they don't necessarily then want to have to move to a GUI to go and paste in a hash to go and find out what that is. So absolutely, I think you know, open AIs um, that you know, provide access to all the benefits that you're bringing as a vendor, whether it's your own tooling, your configuration management, your visibility, your threat intelligence, whatever it may be, then yeah, providing that to customers as a you know API first approach, I think is absolutely key, and you know the way that most of the industry is going now. Francis, there's a lot of there's a lot of nodding. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I think yeah, we're all singing from the same hymn sheet. There, there, there is one sort of proviso I do put with these sort of things, though, that I, I agree that you know the API integration is going to become so important, and it's going to be customer driven, really. Um, Yes, we can offer our customers different um, tools that we think they would like, but actually, if the customer doesn't want it, they're not going to sign up to it. The only proviso, as I say, would be the um, 
a lot of this ends up being legislation driven. So, you know, we, we all talked about data protection, data protection, but actually until the government legislated for it or the various governments legislated it. And with these cloud topologies, we've got multiple jurisdictions in, in play here. So whereas one thing's allowed in one country, it may not be allowed in another country. So this makes it an interesting challenge because you're following the jurisdiction of where is the data stored? Is it data center in the US and therefore we have to obey US legislation? Or So it is going to be, I think, legislation driven a lot of it. API integration, I do agree with you, is the way forward. And I think almost every cybersecurity vendor I know and customer are asking for that API integration. Exactly as Ian says, they don't want to keep on clicking on different platforms to find the piece of information. They want to go with one that all feeds into that one platform for them or presents that information for them. Um, and the last thing I would actually just talk about with that, you know, that machine identities and things is the ethics of all of this, because, um, again, back to education, my apologies, but it was, it's coming up in the European Parliament um, later this uh, sorry, next month, May. They're talking about, you know, um, storing data such as, you know, um, race, ethnicity, um, gender, these sort of things. And actually, how do we future-proof the storage of different things? Because if an AI or an ML machine uh, starts looking at these things, you know, if you, have you got the COVID vaccine? Can you actually travel? These sort of things are new questions that before you wouldn't ask any of my medical information, apart from if I was in my third trimester to fly, you know. But other than that, they didn't ask you. Now the same to you, actually, can you travel? Have you got a disease? And Will it stop at COVID? Will it say, well, actually, you've got Ebola, you know, you can't travel, or you've got high temperature, you know, for SARS and MERS, you can't travel. So this is an interesting thing for people's data because what, what is the, not the ethics, but what is what is the algorithms? What is the um, uh, biases in those ML and AI machines? And that's going to be a question for the future, I think, linked into that legislation. When we legislate for it, we've got to be really careful of how we're going to frame um, our biases in our, you know, algorithms. So, we're, so if we're to to give, I guess based on the on the questions we posed around that you know consolidation, we we moved into that that API stack and um, the challenges of multi cloud. What would be your your key takeaways for for a customer listening to listening today around you know they've got projects, they're looking at how to how to change the face of their business in in twenty twenty one from a technology perspective. We've talked about consolidation and API and and and, and multi cloud challenges. What would be your key takeaways, Francis, from a, for, for a customer for, from this session? I mean, my, my key takeaways is make sure it's configured correctly. <laughs> that's that's my biggest one. Make sure it's configured correctly. Um, it, it matches your risk appetite and your budgets because at the end of the day, you know, that, that um, is the most important for you is, you know, making sure that your budgets are being efficiently used because why have 16 you know, vendors when you can actually have three or four that will actually do the job perfectly that you're actually already doing. Um, and then, you know, that, that final piece, I would say, is that um, that layer defense, just make sure that you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. That layer defense is part of the whole, you know, that, that, that the human firewall you hear being used, that phrase, but, you know, making sure the hardware, software, these things are actually being looked at because you can have a brilliant cybersecurity vendor, but if you left your front door open, I can just walk in and put a key logger in, you know, so... <laughs> that led friends at the end of the day yeah does that does that resonate with you, you what would you add for from a, a key takeaway aspect for, from that perspective you mentioned obviously you know, consolidation brings brings some strength to customers in terms of uh, training and those sorts of things but based on the, the discussion so far what would be your key takeaways for customers from from, from what we've discussed so uh, to be honest i'm struggling to think of something to add i think francis summed that up brilliantly um so from my point of view, you know, we talked about consolidation, we talked about multi-cloud. I think 
really my key takeaway is if I look back at last year and some of the amazing projects we did with with our customers and our partners was there was just this fantastic feeling of people just getting stuff done, keeping the business going, getting people working, you know, for some organizations using the kids iPad or whatever it may be just to get people online in the beginning. I think now as we we start to get back to some sense of normality, people are looking at, you know, okay, what are we going to do about remote working and, and all this stuff, but I think now is a great time to take stock of okay, we did all this stuff last year. We we kept the wheels going, we you know, we did some amazing things, but we all know that in some cases some corners might have been cut. So now it is possibly a great time to say, okay, to Francis's point, the stuff that you did deploy quickly, did you configure it effectively? And from a security point of view, is that within your risk appetite? Have you got visibility and control? And you know, maybe it's a good opportunity to say, right, we did all this stuff, we've got some new ways of working going forward, but let's just go and you know do a bit of an audit, a health check, configuration management, whatever it may be and make sure that we're getting the best out of that investment and we are secure. Thanks, Ian. Some interesting insights from both you and uh, from Francis during this session. And I, I just want to say a huge thank you to both of you for joining us today. Um, and of course, to all our listeners for spending time listening to our fantastic guests. If you want to read more about what Byte's customers and, and our partners saw last year, please do go to our market report section on the website at bytes.co.uk. Um, and for more discussion insights, also please look out for our new releases, podcast series, and of course, webinars and discussions on demand. Thanks for listening to Bytesize Technology. Please do watch out for our next session coming soon.